I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sit down next to me, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Bet365. My name is Marcus Speller. Luke Moore is here. All right. And Jim Campbell. Hey, James, in this case. I would bloody love a sing song, but I've got a sore throat. I'd love a James sing song. Would you? Mm. Yeah. We'll do it another time. <clears throat> There's well, loads bit, of time. I'd love a bit of that um, Fred Astaire song. I like that one. Which one? When I hold her in my arms, I feel like Fred Astaire. Careful. I knew you could That's get... you quiet for the last five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> knew you could get a little tune out of him, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> just got to tickle him the right way. All the managers think they yeah. can get a tune out of me. Absolutely. I'm just a problem player. That's the loot box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a win last night for Roma. It was. Um, <laughs> it was. Interesting way of phrasing it. Yeah. <laughs> Liverpool are there! Aren't they just? They're just. Gonna, just a bit. Well, you can spin it a few ways, yeah, no, can't no, you? Yeah. But it didn't look in doubt that much. But yes, the scoreline, I'm sure if you hadn't watched the game and, and you looked at the result without seeing which minute yeah. the goals were scored and you might have thought, oh, bloody hellfire, they, they ran that close. Mm. But it didn't tell the full story, of course, Jim. Of course not. But James Milner collapsing. In, at the end with just sort of like relief which yeah. was a really telling moment wasn't he it? did his best to scupper it didn't he I, I love though that you know Milner can't really do anything about that own goal but no. it's, it's just the sort of bad luck vortex that swirls around Dayan Lovren at any one time and has <laughs> led to that happening it was instantly one of my favourite comedy own goals ever I agree I Brilliant. assume that Kevin Keegan was in the stands because that happened yeah. <laughs> it must have been in the, in, in the Keegan matrix <laughs> in the Keegan postcode mm, yeah. um, obviously joking aside Milner's been absolutely fantastic yeah. this season I mean Liverpool um they weren't. They certainly weren't the better team on the night. I mean, they looked like they were stuck between two stools. Really, didn't really know what to do. I mean, I mean, and one of the things we've criticised Liverpool for this season is their game management or lack mm. of it. And they seem to only play one sort of way. And I think they got caught between not really knowing whether to just go and do what they did in the first leg or try and um, sort of contain and manage. And they end up. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but they ended up with. With Mo Salah almost like as a target man up front yeah. for, for a lot of the game, which I thought was very strange. One, because obviously that's not his game. And two, Firmino can do that much better. So why don't you just get Salah to play a lot deeper and do, have Firmino do it? Because Firmino makes mm. the ball stick over and over again anyway. Well, I think because Kolarov was going to advance always, there would be a little bit of room. But, he, but Salah, wasn't, Salah wasn't tracking him anyway. No, I know. That's, mm. I think that's the point. Leave him up there. Because they to give thought, them something to think about. Yeah, exactly. We, but uh, but he's not really an outball, is he, for them? Because he can't hold onto the ball in that way. Sure, but he's well, got a bit of... He could be an outball. Depends what type of ball you're playing. I agree, Firmino's better at that, but... 
Well, it was either based on what we saw then. It was either the fact that the balls up to him were so poor consistently over and over again. I think that's what it probably right, okay. was. Or because he, he, he had a very very quiet night. He was well, caught offside a few times, wasn't he? which I think was probably Roma getting their game as right as they got it wrong in the first leg in terms of dealing mm. with him. I thought, but you talk about the game management, and, you, and you're right against Manchester City in that first leg. They got it absolutely spot on, mm. and that was really what won them the tie. Whereas yeah. this, I, I just felt that, you know, Liverpool, they, they weathered some early pressure. Then they go 1-0 up, which takes a lot of that pressure off. Mm. Then, of course, you have the comedy own goal. Then they go 2-1 ahead and you think, all right. And it's a difficult one with the players. They're sort of beginning to kind of think, all right, no booking, no silly bookings now if anyone was on a booking uh, yeah. or anything like that. No injuries. That, that, you know, that will come in potentially <sighs> to your mind. Mm. Um I thought Klopp, what he should have done at half-time, was just, right, we'll contain them. You know, bring Salah back, bring him back to help out maybe Alexander-Arnold, who who had a troubling troubled evening, Yeah, uh, and, and play a little bit more. I know Roma aren't the attacking threat that Man City are, but I thought he should have done that. And actually, had they have done that, I, I think they wouldn't have considered, because they did need a little bit of luck. I mean, they always, I think that was the thing, there was always this air of, uh, we'll be okay. But yeah. that nearly went against them. I mean, I know there was some contentious decisions in the either... The was very, very odd. Yeah, there was contentious decisions in either in, in both penalty areas. Yeah. Uh, so so I'm not going to hone in on one and say, oh, well, if it wasn't for that, because then you could say that the Mane won much earlier on in the mm. game, of course. Um, the, Roma quite fortunate to get a penalty, you could argue. Uh, the one that they put away right at the end. Yeah, uh, although Trent Alexander-Arnold himself was lucky in not giving one away earlier. Which is the one up. I'm going to hone yeah, in yeah. on, because because if that's a penalty, it's a sending off and a penalty, and they would have gone 3-2 ahead, you know. But, of course, that didn't happen. You mm. know, we could, I mean, they, they have been slightly fortunate against Manchester City. They could have been 2-0 down at half-time. It didn't happen. They're in the final. Look at Real Madrid. You know, Real Madrid, we can start saying, well, if it wasn't for this and it wasn't for this, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they're both there. And that is yeah. that is it. You know, when you get these opportunities, you have to take them. And every side who has won a cup competition, barring maybe just one or two teams, you know, even Pep Guardiola's side, who won their first Champions League, the, the Barcelona side, of course, mm. got a bit of luck against Chelsea in that semi-final yeah. we don't remember that so, oh, so I do remember that yeah, okay you actually do. I'm sure kids. actually that one was a bad example there's had a hell of a lot of Chelsea fans remember, who remember that I can even remember the name of the referee yeah fair play the Tom oh. Henning of Raybo hey, well yeah. I he's in hiding perhaps still I don't know Hopefully yeah. but the, the, the decision I thought was the key one interesting one, just at odds to, to your one Mark is, is the um where Carius brings down Dzeko. Dzeko yeah. wasn't offside. Mm. Mm. And Carius would have given the yeah. penalty away there. I know under the new rules he wouldn't have been sent off, but I mean that would have given a lot of impetus towards to Roma um, even more than they had anyway. And also, Carius didn't have a great night, so that would have made it even worse. I think it shook him up anyway, yeah. even though he got away with it. Um, that, could, that could have been a real... Um, mm. the, the game could have rested on that a yeah. bit as well. But did, I you, think, did you see Jordan Henderson uh, in the celebrations after immediately after the final whistle? He went right over to Carrius, who's in the crowd celebrating, to just give him a telling off about yeah, I, not I saw, coming out for the cross. Was that what it was, though? Oh. I believe so. I mean, it could be any number of things, but like, yeah. that's what... That's I saw what him talking to him. I, didn't, I couldn't work out whether he was actually telling them off or not. I it, saw him talking to him in quite a serious way. Yeah, body language looked like it was, a uh, let's say, a testicling. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Uh, it's not a place for that, in I, my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would say... Yeah, I, I, quite. I, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I love mm. the leadership, but at the same time, it's, come on. Do it on Monday morning. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would say, certainly. But, you know, Liverpool are in the final of the Champions League. What an achievement. But actually, and this kind of is testament to how we've just talked about it, 
um, for for the neutral, perhaps I know Liverpool fans will not care. You know, Van Dijk said at the end of the game, didn't he, when he was being interviewed, all oh, that you got a little lucky, or there was a couple of decisions, or whatever, and just went, don't care, and and nor nor should he care, I yeah. suppose, in one sense of that. And we're not trying to dampen it at all because I bloody love to see Liverpool, and I would I would dearly love them to to win the competition. Same. Yeah, same. But but perhaps. I don't want to sound like a spoil sport, but maybe just a touch of the shine is taken away. I think because the way we saw Real Madrid play against Bayern on the Tuesday night, and actually people were saying, do you know what? Mm. Perhaps Liverpool are better off playing Real Madrid. And you didn't want to tempt fate, but already thinking Liverpool are there. And when Liverpool make a a lot of errors like they they did, and a little bit fortunate, you know, uh, is it uh, Under, the, 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 the young Turkish lad? had a chance to make it 3-2 yeah. and didn't take it and so on. Y- y- you wanted Liverpool to yeah. just stroll over the line, really, but, but I do, but having I, been 5-0 up at one point in the in the time. But, but I do, that's right, I mean, that, that's a key point as well. But I do think that a lot of this depends on the situation and the circumstances. The atmosphere in Rome looked unbelievable and it was a big, big event. Uh, it's massive for Roma, of course, for obvious reasons. And we talk about Liverpool's game management, but you also have to talk about how they approach the final because they need to approach the final the same way they've been approaching first legs in the mm. knockout phase mm-hmm. of this competition. The, 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 the one-leg format which they'll have in the final actually suits Liverpool, but it only suits them if they cast all those doubts and all that nerve, uh, nervous energy and all that sort of sense of occasion to one side and play how they did against Porto or Manchester City or in the first leg against Rome, uh, against Roma. Across two legs, I, th- I feel Liverpool are, there's, a, there's an opportunity for Liverpool to be got at I know what you mean. Against, against in one leg, there's, you can easily. Real Madrid are a good team, but they're not without their faults. You can see. Um, I'm not saying this will definitely happen, but you can see Liverpool going three and up in half an hour against Real Madrid, mm. and Real Madrid not knowing what hits them, and then there won't be a second leg for them. And then to Liverpool come back. to come yeah. back three <laughs> three and win it on penalties. Yeah, but but, but, but the thing is, um, they have to play the game and not the occasion, though. And Real Madrid, the reason you wonder whether they can do that and do that to the level they need to do it is because Real Madrid have got such experience mm. of playing in Champions League finals when compared to those Liverpool players. Yeah. And sure. they're ruthless as well, aren't they, in those situations? They, 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 just, they know how to win. This is their competition. They see it that way. <laughs> it really they re- and it, I mean, they've won it so many times. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Liverpool, some of those players, they do have experience of a European final, Europa League, of course, mm. under Klopp a couple of years and ago. And Klopp's record in finals isn't very good, by the way. Yeah, this, that is. I, I, I don't know what you had. I just do not know if how this like is going to go. going to be a really chaotic game, and I hope it delivers on that. Because this Champions League, the, this, the, you know, the, the ups and downs of it this season have been, been absolutely fantastic. Well, everyone's been saying, surely they, it won't be low scoring, and I bet you it flipping. No, the they have, finals are often underwhelming. They have to, but they have to approach it by saying Liverpool. This is by thinking we got here by doing a certain thing well, and we've got to do that again. Yeah, and if you know, if we get beaten five three, then. Yeah, it's easy for me to say, obviously, but you'd much rather do that than try and spend the first half containing Real Madrid oh, of course. and playing in a weird way that they're not used to. Just just stick with what got you there in the first place. Liverpool are 11-10 to 10 to lift the Champions League this season, so £10 with Bet365 will return £21, including stake, should they do the business. And that's the best way they can do the business. Indeed, and let me tell you Would something. Would you agree with that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, of course. Uh, let me say, though, that... Uh, Casimiro will definitely be starting that final yeah. in, in Kiev. I, I was surprised he didn't start uh, the Bernabeu and they really missed him. But my goodness, yeah, there, there's a player. Um, what did you think of Bayern Munich midfielder Arturo Vidal? Unhappy, of oh, course, I like this. that Real Madrid Correct. knocked Delightfully out Delightfully petty. He posted on, uh, on Instagram after the match an image of Real Madrid celebrating with a caption simply saying, rats. I love that. With nine angry emojis. Rats is such an emotive <laughs> insult, isn't it? It's such a funny thing. The best, rats. The best one he did is, is that Bayern Munich released a poster 
for and it was a spoof of Avengers Affinity War, <laughs> yeah. which I've seen and enjoyed. Yeah. And um, all the Avengers were Bayern Munich players. And Thanos, the bagger, was obviously Cristiano Ronaldo. And, and Vidal ripped that off. Not enough of Vidal, that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love this, yeah. <laughs> he ripped it off by putting a uh, poop emoji yeah. over Ronaldo's face and Instagramming it. Yeah. He put a jobby on Ronaldo's face. Yeah. After it. the game. Already been beaten. No, I think that was before Already the game. called them rats. Oh, I thought it was afterwards. Uh, yeah, no, I think that was before oh, the before game. Oh, before was it? Okay. Yeah, the rats was after. Actually, before the war, it's even better. Yeah. <laughs> before the game, it's better because it's, it's almost like so like childish. Yes. It's like Ronaldo, mind you, Ronaldo might see that and think, actually, that's annoying. Mm. Didn't get to him, though, did it? Uh, well, maybe it did because well, he didn't it, score in that you game. Know, he, Ronaldo gets stronger the more people criticise him, as we know. So it's, mm. it's, it's, it should it's just be really thing. nice to him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The defenders just go, oh, I really like what you're doing with your hair at the moment. Now, in the tunnel, yeah. I don't know what we're going to do. He's so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would throw him off, maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, in the, the good old Premier League, um, Liverpool have got a tricky fixture. They're away to Chelsea this weekend. Now, it's not all certain that Liverpool will, will finish in the top four. I mean, of course, if they win the, the Champions League, as, as Luke's already said. But um, how do they approach this one? Mm. Chelsea need to win to keep their kind of slim hopes of uh, top four alive. Uh, because of Liverpool's better goal difference, Liverpool really just need a win in their last two games. They're away to Chelsea and then home to Brighton. Hopefully, for Brighton's sakes, that they won't need anything in that game. But again, the way the season's going, should Southampton and Swansea win, they might do all lifts and butts, of course. Uh, but what do you do if you clop? I mean, surely really hard to know yeah. what they want, what, how they're going to approach it, because clearly players don't want to get injured ahead of the Champions League final. But at the same time, there is a little bit riding on it. It is, and Chelsea are a good team, and you want momentum going into the final. You, do, you, you don't want to because if they play, but you can't really get that anywhere because it's not to the twenty sixth of May. <sighs> True, but you you wouldn't want to get stuffed. At Stamford Bridge. You never want to get stuffed. You never want to get stuffed, Jim. Unless you're a turkey on Christmas Day. You (laughs) never want to get stuffed. They don't have a choice. I mean, (laughs) perhaps we are are maybe being a little cynical in looking at it it like this. I mean, ahead of of, um, a a Champions League final, surely what you want in the league is a stern test because that is closer to the level that you're gearing up to. You know, it's it's much better for them to have Chelsea than it is for West Brom in that sense. They've got to keep that momentum. Well, West has got a point. I was going to say, they're only three. All right, you mean? Really bad example. But respect you know for I mean. Big Darren Moore. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to see Danny Ings start against Chelsea, do you think? I would have yes, thought so, yeah. So. Solanke? I think we might see some players that we've never even heard of. So. Yeah. <laughs> some sort of, yeah, football manager regen. I'd put Alexander Arnold in. in there and make sure he gets back to, back well, to stand. He should actually put Nathaniel Klein in there. Yeah. I mean, Klein yeah. was, a, was a substitute right at the end, but Klein is lacking. Oh, we should, we should spare a, a, a word or two for how good Andrew Roberts was as well. Yeah. Yes, he and has been all fantastic. season. He's so good. Since he came into the team, he's been fantastic. He's one of the, he's one of those players who benefits from all the talk being about the other players in the side. Yeah, which actually he's been brilliant. Oh man, the way he drives with the ball, he had a few what the kids these days call take ons. Oh yeah, which was so enjoyable to watch. What did you call them? Uh, I don't know. Football. I don't think there was a word for we it. We just called it? it all football, didn't we? Yeah, it's just football, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true enough. Someone will probably tweet us tomorrow saying how many take-ons per game on average he's got and how much better that is than someone else. Mm. And how take-ons is now quite an outdated term, yeah. actually. It's actually expected take-ons. You <laughs> <laughs> it's called muggins off. Yeah. Um, um, but it's, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because any any other... T- I mean, I suppose it is a big game anyway. Chelsea massively need to win it. But I, I have... Um, I'm sure you guys are the same. I have doubts over Chelsea's motivation and their application and 
I think it's a, it's a dead cert, as everyone's been saying, that Conte's going to be off in the summer. So what that means for this game, I don't know. It's one of those ones that's in, impossible to predict. Chelsea, I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea stand up winning 2-0 or something. But they have upped it. They've won the last three, which mm. you know is, is a good little run considering... But their season's been dogged by inconsistency. And, and uh, in my view, not all the players, but in my view, a, a decent percentage of the players and a lack of application, a lack of like coherent thinking from the manager and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, his situation has not helped, of course, and how could it help any club if you're not sure if you're going to be there or not? But they're in the cup final. Yeah, yeah you know, they're still challenging for top so four. They, so they'll be thinking about that as well. That's a week before the Champions League final. Yeah, maybe just just call it a draw. Chelsea. Well, yeah. Chelsea are ten to one to finish in the top four this season. Ten pound with bet three six five. We'll return one hundred and ten pound, including stake. A draw does not help Chelsea, Marcus. No, it certainly. So don't be so frivolous with that. No, I wasn't being frivolous. What are you being? I was just predicting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a frivolous prediction. Yeah. Um, the Manchester United uh, end of season awards happened, and yes. uh, David de Gea won the Players' Player of the Year trophy. He's won it four times in the past five seasons. That tells its own story. Yeah, well, you know, you know when you, you your particular team or whatever at the end of the season, the goalkeeper wins the Player of the Season. It's like that's the kind of season you've had. Ibrahimovic uh, sent a message on Instagram, I think it was, to the players saying, oh, "I miss you guys," blah blah blah, and he just said, "Yeah, well done to David de Gea, but the goalkeeper shouldn't be winning that." Award. No, you shouldn't. I think he's right. Yeah. I think he's absolutely right. Yeah. That four out of the last five years. Uh-huh. I mean, I understand David De Gea is an outstanding goalkeeper. I can remember an occasion, uh, a season in Scotland where it was Rangers. They cleaned up. They might have won a treble, a domestic treble, or they won the league and they, they you know, had a great season and, uh, and whatnot. And Andy Gorham won the player of the season. Which one? Uh, <laughs> come on right. uh, yeah but I do so you sometimes uh... last year it was Ander Herrera for United mm. yeah. he's the one he's the one the odd one in the five years and it's the team that's finished second in the league as well that's what makes it all the more surprising I well, th- again I, but I, this season just doesn't make sense right. for Manchester United does and it, also no? I think De Gea when he won it for the first time in 13-14 in the history of the award I think in the United for United it's called the Sir Matt Busby Award isn't it that's right yeah and it was first dished out in the late 80s but De Gea was the first goalkeeper to win it. So that tells That's you everything surprising. about what, what May United are all about. Yeah. And then they get four. You wait all. You wait thirty years for one to come along. <laughs> and you get four or five years. If, unless I read this wrong, and forgive me if I have, but Jose Mourinho caused a bit of uh, a shock in the room when he gave Manager's Player of the Year award to Scott McTominay. This is brilliant. Yeah, it's incredible. That is, that is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it's that he's done it's that. such a murk, isn't it? It really it's is. Brilliant. I wonder how McTominay feels about all this because Do you know does what? he take it at face value or does he think I'm being used as a weird example Let, here? Let's be honest. It's the closest thing Mourinho can do to giving himself the award. Yeah, <laughs> it's it is, isn't it? It's Five Premier League starts this season. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, is that disrespectful yeah. to... Uh, Played a total of 640 minutes yeah. in, all, in all composition. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I've read that right, that he gave him the yeah. award. No, sorry, I, that's in Premier League and Champions League competition. I, I, saw, competition. I saw a quote from him about this saying that um, you know, he doesn't look at players and, you know, young players and senior players. He just looks at um, just looks at players and he says, uh, and I love this kid. It's like, well, hang on. Like, well, <laughs> They're all kids to him. The yeah. thing is, that, and that is fine. That's quite a sweet thing to say. And, I, and, and to, to jump on sort of Mourinho's side of this for, for a second, I completely understand that that um, that uh, that comment because ultimately we'd all like yeah you know, the media and stuff. We all like to look at players, like young players coming through. I think a lot of fans, well, if not every fan, gets excited about a young player coming through their club's academy, and that's really important for for, for football generally. But if you're the manager, I am so, sort of at least partly sympathetic to the idea that. Your job is to win games, and 
younger players aren't going to be as reliable and by their very nature as experienced as senior pros and Mourinho has long been a, player, a manager who likes these properly finished article players who, who are trustworthy we've seen what's happened with Luke Shaw this season for example so when he sees Scott McTominay and I think he's, he's, he's spoken similar terms about Marcus Rashford as well where he sees like an old head on young shoulders he loves it and, it, and that's what he's all about and that, you know, that gets him up in the morning that keeps him ticking along good for him however there's that and then there's giving him the manager's player. Yeah, I mean, most improved player, fine. Yeah, well, that's but a bit demeaning, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I know, but that's essentially what he's doing. Uh, whereas, I mean, has he, has he really been more important at a better season than the man you've Matic? Well, he actually said, didn't he, that he thought about giving it to Matic, but he um, he wanted to... I mean, Jesse Lingard. Is he using it? Uh, to, you know. to play devil's advocate, is Mourinho, rightly or wrongly, is Mourinho using this as a device to, a device to help inspire McTominay's career? Well, uh, that, that's certainly an aspect of it. I think it's also um, but do you think it's a warning to the other players that they need to step up. Do you think he yeah, was... But I love it how he's just politicised what's supposed yeah. to be quite a nice event. Do you yeah. think that he was more or less entertaining as Manchester United manager at the at the Manchester United end of season awards than Louis van Gaal was? Never. That time. No. Is that a lady with the saxophone? <laughs> the saxophone? They're never going to beat that. <laughs> Give a big applause! Yeah. Before you move on to van Gaal, and I don't want to get in your way. <laughs> I, I really don't. Um... Five Premier League starts for McTominay. Yeah, it is, that is so funny, isn't it? It's like he's only just realised he can use academy players. Yeah, he got really carried away. Yeah, well, there we are. Uh, but, but yeah, it is worth remembering. One, one of those games, can I just say, of the five Premier League starts, is it, was the one against Crystal Palace the one where he had to come off at half-time because they were 2-0 down? Oh, I can't remember. I they won that 3-2. I mean, Matic scored the winner, didn't Matic got a goal of the season. for If it's the same Crystal Palace match we're talking about. Yeah, they were 2-0 down at half-time. Matic scored and the winner. And they came back at 1-3-2. Yeah, that's right. No, maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure McTominay got dragged in that I game. I can't remember. So basically, one of the five, and there's only five that he started, <laughs> 20% of those games, he got, he got the hook at half-time because his team were two and against Crystal Palace and they ended up winning 3-2. Player of the year, that. Yeah. That's player of the year material <laughs> for me. Unquestionably. Five Premier League stars. Unbelievable. It's only five more than you. You've got, you got, you got to think about what Romelu Lukaku thinks of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, but yes, Louis Van Gaal, well, uh, a little story. How is he in here, by the way? I'm happy he is, but... Because Raphael, the former uh, Manchester United defender, told right. a, of uh, a little uh, story of Van Gaal, of, of how the big Dutchman offloaded him at the club. Raphael apparently was very popular around the club. Um, he said, uh, of, of Van Gaal, he said, in his first season, Van Gaal called me into his office and said, you can leave. <laughs> I've just got yeah. it. Oh, you mean the club? But, uh, <laughs> I, I read about this and it, apparently it was as abrupt as that. The yeah. meeting was like a minute long. That's right. Um, Raphael, soon after he went to Lyon and three days into his time in France, Van Hal texted him simply saying, you know how football is. <laughs> if anything, this is your fault. Yeah. <laughs> hey, mate, wouldn't want you to have any confidence growing at your new club. <laughs> I absolutely love him. So I've got to get rid of you now because otherwise Mourinho's going to vote your player of the year. Oh, yeah. man. Absolutely. Well, they're they're, they're uh, against Brighton. Oh, the only way the, Mourinho... Uh, I don't care about that. Okay. The, only, the only way Mourinho could have bettered that is if he voted it for a player who's on loan somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been good. This 17-year-old kid, he's on loan at Royal Antwerp. <laughs> he's my man for 30 years. Well, well if, if he's got three assists this season. Yeah. yeah. And they were very good. Uh, but yeah, Man United. They uh, are playing Brighton. I, I do care about that. Brighton, they could confirm their Premier League status for they next season could. if they and win. But if they lose and results go against them, and we'll talk more about that kind of conundrum in the second half, they're not safe. No, I don't know really why you're not. banging this drum so much, both of you, because I think, as far as I'm concerned, I can't foresee how Brighton get relegated here. Well, really? it's just that they could certainly um, enter squeaky bum time. 
yeah. with results going against them. I mean, because they go it away be to, out of their hands. They go away to Manchester City, don't they? Mm. And uh, if, They've got a tough running, but the thing you guys are singularly fine to realise is that Swansea and Southampton play each other and they both can't win. Yes. That's yeah. well, true. Yeah. So. Look, but, we've got to try and find narrative where true. we can. Stop weeing on the narrative. But, but they have three games, you know. So, yeah. so, so if they won... Uh, you know, there's 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 six points there, and there's, there's Brighton are only uh, five points ahead of Southampton and four. Weirdly, um, Man United have lost to Newcastle and Huddersfield away. What are you laughing? So, I, I'm laughing because I think you've forgotten only three teams can get relegated, and West Brom are already down. They are. So what's your point? Well, I'm just saying that Brighton they're, they're still a little bit nervy. That's all. Potentially. All right. If they if they lose and other results go against them, you know they'll be all looking right. over their shoulder. I I take the point. I don't think Brighton are going to go down, but uh, you know, just uh, be a bit more respectful to Chris Hewitt and the job he's done there. I, I, I very much Please. hope that they uh, they stay there. Anyway, it's time for correspondence with Jim Campbell. Oh, there's an email about Brighton being relegated. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed on. <laughs> uh, we've had a, weirdly we've had a few emails about this sort of thing lately, so I'm just going to dive in with one. Morning, gentlemen. Just a quick public service announcement to all Ramble listeners. By far the funniest speed to listen to the Ramble is uh, time 0.8. It really does conjure images of you all in the studio with three bottles of scotch in the centre. That's from <laughs> Connor D. I don't know why. We're getting a spate of emails about listening to the show at different speeds and how uh, apparently funny it is. I, so, I was, the thing is, I, I'm torn here because I do appreciate every listener mm. sincerely from the, from the de- depths of my heart and soul. But on the other hand, yeah. get a hobby. <laughs> Listen to it properly, then go and do something else. I still appreciate them. Yeah. <laughs> that's why that's why managers listener of the year. You're very, you're very salty today. I've got, I've got a bit ill, aren't I? That's salty. Why. Yeah. I am salty. I apologise for that. Oh, that's what salty. I need to do. Gargle with salt water. I'm mm. losing my voice. I've got one in that might cheer you up, mate. This is from uh, from Sam King. Hello, uh, Ramblers. Hope you're well. Enjoying the England moments, particularly uh, the one that led to re- Luke recounting the time Stuart Pearce failed to score his 100th career goal after oh, yeah. missing a penalty in his final ever game as a player. Against Dave Besson. Mm, for Man City against Portsmouth, uh, no less, in April 2002. There is in- this is indeed true, and there is more to the story. The penalty came about after Pearce's teammate, the sublimely talented Algerian playmaker Ali Benabia, oh, was yeah. informed before the game that Pearce was looking to secure a century of goals in what was his swan song appearance. As Pearce tells it, Benabia came up to him in the City changing room before kickoff and said, Stu, you want one more goal? No problem. I'll get it for you. Cue late on in the game and after City have gone 4-1 up, Benabia gets possession, drives into the Portsmouth area, puts his foot on the ball and intentionally flicks it up so it hits Linford Grimes' hand. Oh. And as soon as it does, Benabia picks up the ball, runs over, the pen- runs over to the penalty spot, puts it down and looks at the referee, Roger Fernandes, who in a state of understandable confusion, awards City a pen. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's Benab- like a Steven Gerrard when they used to get fouled and just grab the ball. Yeah, and he did. you say Linford Grimes? I, yes, I did. Linford Primus. Yeah, Linford yeah, yeah. Primus, isn't it? Uh-huh. Benabia then picks the ball up and hands it to Stuart Pearce, who duly balloons a spot kick over Dave Besant's bar, and that's gratitude for you. That's from Sam King. It's a great email, Sam. So what we're talking about here is Stuart Pearce in his 40th year. Mm. I think if he wasn't 40 then, he was certainly close to it. Dave Besant's already told him, if you hit it on target, it's going to go in, I'll yep. let you score, which I don't agree with, and we'll come on to that maybe another time. <laughs> Benabia's basically bought him a pen. Yeah. And he's still not done anything. No, with I, it, I think Pierce was maybe aware of it, kept his integrity, and thought, oh, "I'm not scoring this. It's not fair." I think that's right, and which leads me on to my next point: When has Stuart Pierce ever scored a significant penalty? <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly when. <laughs> One more from Aaron Brown. 
Evening, gents. I've come to the realisation as a neutral that I am tired and bored of Everton's existence. It's a bold start, isn't it? Yeah, Very. bold, bold start. It's from, from Sam Allardyce. <laughs> <laughs> the, to provide a little... Uh, to, sorry, they provide so little entertainment currently uh, that I've been forced to mull over some potential controversial options. Option A, a new relegation system in which the most boring top half side, Everton, joins <laughs> the two worst placed teams in the division in relegation. Well, some people might say it was B Burnley. Who would <laughs> well, yeah, indeed. In this case, Southampton may be spared the season and they're, this season. I'm, no, for, I'm for it. No, <laughs> no. And their survival would give me far more entertainment as it would guarantee another season of Mr. Moore venting all pettiness out on them. Something that makes me feel very, something that makes me feel better about my own existence. I can, I mean, by the way, just on that, if they get relegated, <laughs> it doesn't mean I can't be petty about them. I Absolutely. can be petty about them yeah, in the championship. Indeed. They won't um, cease to exist. But here, option B first, which is disband the most boring team to finish in the top half of the table, put all the players' names from said team into a hat and then let them be selected by each team in turn at random. In this scenario, due to the plethora of attacking midfielders Everton have, the <laughs> redistribution among the bottom half sides would hopefully add to the creativity of sides who really need a player who can pass. Also, I would love to see Rooney end up at Liverpool. I cannot think of a suitable way to redistribute Allardyce other than to give him <laughs> the US men's national team job. That's from Aaron Brown. So Aaron... Uh, you've not thought that through, but I do like the way you've ended it with Big Sam becoming Uncle Big Sam. Yeah, we're all for yeah. that. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm into that. And just one last one. Good morning. Happy Thursday. One of our tenants is looking for a parcel that went missing. I can confirm that is not my bin. That is uh, from Katie. That <laughs> What's happened with your bin? Office. Uh, the, the bin saga continues. Um, okay. Soon, Keep... I don't. I don't have a bin yet. When's um, the spin? When's the spin-off? Um, this American Live slash serial uh, podcast series. About well, it? the story hasn't concluded yet. I have. Uh, I, I need to reorder the bin. It's, it's been refunded. Um, so I'll, I'll get a new bin at some time I'll keep you up to updated this week I also renewed my TV licence uh, only to discover that because they don't have a address on the system what I've actually been doing is buying a TV licence for the shop that I live above so, um, <laughs> which is a, a chip com- shop a comet isn't it a chip shop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a chip right. shop yeah oh, now I'm interested now I'll come over <laughs> enough about Jim's life let's uh, go for a break and after which we'll be talking about the relegation zone and you know because Pete's away ill I'm on the buttons the break we're going to hear is definitely this Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The only thing that they have got is the big boy up front, Sig Thorson. Oh, oh my oh word. My oh. <laughs> It, I tell you what, in a World Cup year, I know it's the Euros, but in a World Cup year, that for me is exactly you know, what we need. We, we heard that probably like last week. It's still yeah, great. Yeah. The deflation. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. Oh, no. You know that in, in the, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the doors sigh when they open. Yeah. It sort of, it sounds, McLaren sounds like that, doesn't he, in, in that clip? <laughs> Here we go again. 
<laughs> the only thing that they have got is the big boy up front, Sig Thorson. Oh, oh my oh word. My oh. <laughs> That's Lauro, isn't it? Lauro getting involved. No, it was Lauro in the background. It was on Sky. Is it? Yeah. It sounds yeah. like Lauro. Don't play it again. <laughs> Tell me because it sounds like Lauro again. The only thing that they have got is the big boy up front, Sig Thorson. Oh, oh my word. It's oh. exactly like it. It does sound like it's him. Not, I don't think it is him. If it was on Sky and Laura wouldn't be on Sky. It can't be on Sky, Sky because it's the um, England Iceland game. And that's it was on Sky. Sky. He's watching it for people. Yeah, it was like Why? I don't Saturday. know because it was on terrestrial TV. Wow, okay, yeah. fair enough. Do you but, want to go? I mean, do you want... No, I don't want any more. Anyone's dying. Stop this. Barry Grindle. All right, I'm done now. I never thought I'd say this, but I want Pete back on the buttons. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, well, we won't have going for gold, sadly, because Pete's uh, not uh, been not here. tough, isn't it? It's not, but we can not talk competitive ab- anymore. No, it's but, true. But we can talk about Bournemouth versus Swansea. Oh yeah. Hey, do you think Bournemouth are going to get relegated as well? Hold on to your hats. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I think the whole South Coast is going down. Of course, we're just ahead of the curve, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I don't think Bournemouth are going to go down. But can Carlos Cal- Carvial? lead his troops to safety that is the question if they win then it'll give them an advantage over Southampton going into the big game between those two of course on the 8th of May sorry can I just quote you from the running order here yep. Bournemouth aren't safe themselves so they'll be up for it yep. so basically Marcus so, what he's doing is he's very similar to what he's doing with all the England players <laughs> he's trying to relegate every single team <laughs> well we need something to talk about yeah. so I'm trying to whip up something service. well it's true can I, read, can I read something from the running order as well Marcus no um, don't don't do that. Are Liverpool mathematically safe? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yes, they are. That's why I didn't include it. You knobhead. To answer your question, Swansea haven't won for quite a long time, like well over a month now. In fact, yeah. it might even be two months. They've also never beaten Bournemouth in the Premier League. Wow, good mm-hmm. fact. Yeah. Well, that's it. Can Carlos lead his troops into battle? Were they unlucky against Man City? They weren't. <laughs> no. Uh, that was, uh, yeah. Uh, but Bournemouth, they're on 38 points and a win seals their safety, of course. But you know what it's like. Managers will always say, until it's mathematically possible, we're still fighting away. And and that, you know, if, if, if Bournemouth lost that game, you don't want to go into the next game. Mm. A little bit jittering, you know. Well, we, you don't want to have to rely on others' results. You don't. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant because Swansea bug it up. Therefore, we're safe. You want to go? No, we won the game. We got over forty points, and and you know it's a good season if, 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 for a side like Bournemouth if if they do. But to to, to broaden this uh, chat a little bit more, Huddersfield Town they're away to Man City and are far from safe. They're two points above the drop zone with a bad goal difference. Will you at least grant me that much? Yes, I will. Huddersfield are definitely not safe. And I think two, three weeks ago, we were talking about it being three from the bottom four. And now that doesn't look like the case. I, I would say that <clears throat> probably West Ham downwards uh, should, be, should be worried. Yeah. And I think just because of the, the volume, agree, yeah. just because I think because of the volume of teams down there beneath Brighton and the fact that the two key ones, Swansea and Southampton, play each other. And Brighton's goal difference is And Brighton, is Brighton have got a much better goal difference. It means they're going to be okay. But <clears throat> um, one of the things I wanted to, to bring to the table is that these teams, and I'll probably say this all the time, and, and forgive me those listening who are bored of me saying this, the context of this is that these teams are down there because they never win. This is the point. You know, for, for, for Southampton, Southampton have, have been operating under a point a game mm-hmm. for the whole season. Won the last game, mate. They did, but they've got three games left. I'm not suggesting they can't turn it around, of course, because as you said, they won their last game. But on average, they are going to pick up another two points. Yeah, but That's in, it. in April's um, Ramble special... We talked about last day great escapes, we did. didn't we? And by the way, if you, you know, do uh, get involved in the specials because how would you say we're a little bit more loose? Yeah, subscribe mm. to Acast Plus. Uh, it's only one pound ninety nine a month. Mm. You'd be doing a great service to the Ramble, keeping us going and all that kind of stuff. 
Uh, you also get ad-free ramble. So you still hear the jingles. You want to hear another one? You still hear this? The only thing that they have got is the big boy up front. That's it. That's all they've awesome. got. Oh, and, oh, oh, no, I don't believe it. So you'll still hear that, but you just won't hear the ads because you've already paid one ninety nine a month. And you get a monthly special of which, as Marcus has currently said, this month or last month, sorry, we talked about great uh, escapes, great last day um, escapes. Uh, among other, a couple of other things as well. And get your emails in to uh, specials at thefootballramble.com. Definitely. That's a digression, though. Yes. My point being that those teams are down there because they never win. That's my point. <laughs> That's can, my point. To be fair, I can't really argue with that too much. No. However, you know what it's like when you enter kind of uh, this kind of time of the season when Everton, uh, for example, playing against Southampton, they've not got much to play for. I know Allardyce is not the type of manager to take his foot off the gas, perhaps. Uh, but it, but Southampton, they, they, they are that old cliche fighting for their Premier League lives. Uh, I, and if they, I, yeah. win, if Southampton win, which they could. Let's be honest, they're away mm. to Everton. They could win that game. It blows it wide open again. We've already said that last week when they won and it. it's blown it open again. If they do, West Ham United, they're playing away to Leicester. We'll come on to that in a minute. Brighton are not going to win, but we reckon Brighton is safe. Huddersfield are playing against far superior opposition. Um, yeah. And, then, so, and, then, and then a lot of it, just in addition to what I've said, a lot of it's momentum as well. You know, West Brom are obviously probably done dusted now but they've not lost in their last four exactly. Stoker unbeaten in three Southampton yeah. won their last game but Swansea they're in big trouble well, as are Brighton to be fair they've not won for ages yeah oh they're going down now are they <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's an intriguing one. Jim. Mm. I, I fancy Josh King to score in this game. Uh, he's got, I think, it's three and five, and he's he's a very sort of streaky player, isn't yes. he? Um, it does seem to but, pop up, but he when he gets <clears throat> on a streak, he tends to be very very effective. So well, I think uh, Swans are going to have to watch out for him. Bet three six five are currently um, saying Bournemouth to be relegated is two hundred and fifty to one. So ten pound will return two hundred. Uh, sorry, two thousand five hundred and ten pound, including stake. Should it happen? Well, yeah. It's unlikely, let's be fair, but it's there if you want it. That's right, yeah, big odds indeed. Uh, West Ham are away to Leicester City, as I say, far from safe themselves. That last-minute Andy Carroll equaliser against Stoke is looking more and more precious. Mm. What a goal it was as well. As is Andy Carroll. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For all the wrong reasons. Yeah, Yeah, he's uh, reportedly apologised to David Moyes because he didn't apologise previously or something like that. Yeah, he uh, he was sent home from training having refused to apologise for leaving the bench mm. and heading down the tunnel during West Ham's 4-1 defeat by Manchester City. I'll apologise for not apologising but not for being a knob in the first place. Yeah, I think he owes him two apologies. So he's, yeah. 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 Let's assume he's given them. I, yeah, I was going to say we could tangle ourselves up here. Uh, but it's an important one for West Ham. Very important one for West Ham, that. Um, because, as I say, Winfrey Southampton puts them on 35 points the same as the Hammers. And the Hammers play Manchester United next. Now, if they go into that game level on points with Southampton, they could—I mean—they could find themselves in the relegation zone. So, a, a, a result against Leicester is crucial. You know, they do not want to go into the final match of the season, as we said before, needing a result against Big Sam Allardyce's Everton no. because it's at home as well. And the atmosphere and Big Sam's determination would provide a very difficult afternoon. Let's be honest. For, yeah, for the can, you, can you see? And that that could happen. You can see that. Can you see Big Sam doing that laugh that he did at Chico Flores that time? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, licking his lips all the way. That's not what West Ham fans it. want to see. Could no, you see him God. doing the Pardew dance? What would be the... What, yeah, possibly. No, he's, uh, more, he's not really that. He's no, more he's... Of bigger shapes. Yeah. <laughs> bigger shapes. What sort of shapes is he throwing? He wouldn't do the slinky shapes like Pardew. He'd I, do I bigger shapes. A, Arms wide. I yeah. think a more supervillain style chuckle. 
from Allardyce. I, I think he do. needs to be dancing on the touchline. I don't know. Tie around the head, punch in the air. Can you yeah, see him that, doing that's the... in the clubs in the summer? <laughs> Can you see him doing the Deli Alley floss? <laughs> I, I couldn't. I'd see him giving it a little go, just a little wink, like a little, a couple of shuffles. Do you think if he, if he, if, he was, if his Everton team beat West Ham to send them down the last stage, I think he would lord it up. He would take a hammer to the bubble machine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Imagine think that. just smashing it up on no, the touchline. I don't think he would lord it up, but we all know deep down. Would he like blow bubbles in his mouth and then just spit them yeah. on the floor? <laughs> no, his, his grin would say it all. He'd have a grin. He, he would con- in the post he would respectfully contain his joy, but it yeah. would seep out. Yeah, yeah there, there'd be a little uh, corner of the mouth grinning away in the post-match interview mm. if that was the case. So, well, West Ham yeah. are eleven to five with Bet three six five to beat Leicester this weekend. Uh, Ten pound will return thirty two pound, including stake if Moyes men do it. Leicester have got nothing to play for. A bit of dissension at, uh, at uh, mm-hmm. Leicester at the moment. The King Power. That's right. So it's not it's not completely out of the question. I mean, it's a poor result for them against Crystal Palace, yeah, wasn't it? We, but I can't stress enough how much West Ham need a result there. Yeah, hmm. really can't. So there we are. Right, Luke, what is our best bet with Bet365? Our best bet is step forward, Nicole McCann. She says, hello. All right, Ramblers. Um, it seems that the um, the female sanitary chat on this week's pod <laughs> was well-timed extremely, or extremely well-timed. She should have written there, but she hasn't. Uh, with Celtic <laughs> today becoming the first club in the UK to offer fans free sanitary products on match days. It is an extremely under-talked about social issue, which mm. all football clubs should help confront. Mm. Given this, I feel it's a perfect week for a woman to take the hot seat. Damn right. So you, here you are, Nicole. You're in the hot seat. She said also, it's fair to say that recently Karen Brady and the Rodden sister have given women a bad name in the game. <laughs> The Rodden sister. Yeah. Oh, uh, as a result, is the core. Uh, as a result, she said, I want to take the hot seat and restore some pride for women, uh, and also end the season on the high for us listeners. I am choosing Bournemouth to beat Swansea oh, at eleven to ten. She said it on Bet three six five, giving a return of one hundred and five pound clean stake, a respectful amount uh, for a great cause. And of course, Bournemouth would ensure their survival. They would. Mm. Something they're desperate to do. <laughs> On the Speller Matrix. Yep, £105 including the stake is the return if Bournemouth pick up a win against Swansea this Saturday due to the odds of 11-10 to 10 with Bet365. You must be over the age of 18 to gamble and do gamble responsibly. And for more information on that, go to begambleaware.org. What do you think for that one, Marcus and Jim? I think that's a solid bet, I, think, I have to say. I think old Carlos won't like it. No, he won't. So. It's funny how it's funny how with um, Carvajal, everyone was loving it when he was picking up wins. Oh, he says these mad things and mm. top ten Carvajal quotes, and now nothing's heard of him, is it? Because mm. they're not winning. No, but they're seventeenth though, and they take seventeenth come uh, when it's all done and dusted. They, in, per- in, in, they, in the well, they certainly would. Yeah, they certainly would. Uh, right, what has Luke been asking the listeners this week? Um, this week, I just said um, the following: number one, team you support; number two, give them a grade score for the season; number three, why. Well, the season probably, hasn't finished. It's a bit of a, it's about, You're doing like end of season awards like the clubs do. Well, Scott McTominay won this one. Who supports Scott McTominay? So I know it's maybe a week or so early, but um, I've been ill and I can't I have any other ideas, so this is how it goes. <laughs> um, Stephen Mudd says he supports Chelsea. He gives them 10 out of 10 because they didn't sack the manager and had a season of stability and serenity. It's a new emotionally mature era at Stamford Bridge. I <laughs> <laughs> love that. Um, what else have I got here? Matt Elms. Uh, Spurs, 8 out of 10. Played 38 away games and beat Real Madrid this season. Had a trip to <laughs> Wembley for a cup semi-final. Beat Arsenal and Chelsea into the Champions League. It would be a 10, but I took two off for Sissoko. <laughs> and I'll finish with this one from Craig Lee. He says, I support Sunderland. I'll give us a U. <laughs> Which for those listening overseas is what you get if you fail your GCSEs. And he says, Jack Rodwell being paid £75,000 a week to hang out at the Metro Centre while we're getting battered on match days. Jason Steele, Robert Reuter and Lee Camp making about five saves between them all season. And the cherry on top of the absolute mess 
has been filmed as part of a documentary that will be available on Netflix this summer. Fantastic. Oh, will you watch it? That. Damn right I will. Would it be better than being Liverpool? It will be better than the Juventus one. I hope the voiceover guy for the Juventus one does the Sunderland one. Who is one. it? I, it's an American chap, but he, he makes it out like when they beat Benevento 2-1 at home, it's like that they've just come back and won the Champions League final after being 2-0 down. Did you, did you enjoy the Juventus one? Not, uh, it was, uh, not really because of the guy doing the voice, but if he does the Sunderland one, that would be class. They'd have to get a Macam doing the Sunderland one, wouldn't they? Yeah, mm. true. Have Chris you Coleman, seen, have you seen, he's uh, not got any work. <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> Do you want to come back in there and write a, uh, yeah. a documentary about the poor job you did, which cost you your job? Do you want to come and explain what you've done? Yeah. <laughs> Even though, in those circumstances, no human being on the planet would have been successful. Do you want to come back and look at what you've done wrong? There are some managers who you think stay at international level because that's where you're operating really well there semi-final of the Euros with Wales then uh, tempted back into club management Sunderland relegate I mean I wouldn't level too much criticism at Chris Cole no I'm not I'm just saying like you have to wonder what he was thinking when he took the job surely was there not any due diligence done I've no idea Yeah. yeah it's a strange one I mean do you think that affects his stock too much though because I think everyone yes. in trouble is looking at that job and thinking, well, you know, who, who's going who's gonna to solve that mess? You're right, but it's still not, it's not a great look, is it? It's not even though I did, show great judgment. I did an average job despite the ridiculous circumstances. It's, I did a poor job despite the circumstances, mm, yeah, which yeah. is still going to play badly on you. Yeah. I did an expected job. <laughs> yeah. They were expected to go down, and I fulfilled that. There we are. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Rumble Preview, sponsored by the Bet365, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a pleasure talking to you. My name's been Marcus Speller. He's been Luke Moore. Goodbye. He's been Jim Campbell. See ya. And uh, we'll see you on Monday for the Football Ramble. Ta ta. Responded really, really well. All they've got is the big boy up front. Oh, and I said, oh, oh no. Would you oh, believe oh, it? Oh, no, Steve. The only thing that they have got is the big boy up front, Sig Thorson. Oh, oh my oh, word. Oh. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.